Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. Failure is your friend, not your enemy. And before you punch me in the face for even saying that, let me explain. Failure is one of those things that pushes you forward into the direction that you're supposed to go. Now, don't get me wrong. It sucks to put all of your hard work and energy into something for it to not even work out. But failure has your back. I promise you that. And sometimes we can't see the direction that we're actually meant to go. And so when we fail, it's not actually a failure because it just pushes you into the direction that you're meant to go, into the direction that your soul is meant to be in, and it just will lead the way. So I challenge you to embrace your failures. What can you learn from this? There's always a lesson to be learned, and the only way to see the light is through the darkness. So often the answers that we're looking for are inside of us. We just have to take a moment to feel them out and to listen. The other day I was listening to a podcast and they, the people were talking about, I forget what podcast it was, but they were talking about something that really resonated with me and it kind of just sparked this light inside of me. And I was like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? Like that makes so much sense. And I could just feel it in my body. And I was like, yes, I, that, that is the answer. And it was one of those like simple light bulb moments. And sometimes this is the beauty of this day and age. Like in the world we live in, there is so many answers available to our questions. And even though our, the answers that we're looking for are deep inside of us, it's those, those little things that we listen to. Or if we have a question and we ask someone or we hear it and we've been thinking about it in the back of our heads and then we like hear the answer and then you just feel it in your body. You're like, yes, that is the right answer. I don't know if you can relate to having a moment like that, but sometimes it's just those moments that will really spark that that light bulb moment inside of you. So that's why I'm so excited today to dive into this Q&A and really just dive into all these questions that you guys have been asking because there are a handful of them that I think can be beneficial for you and help propel you forward in whichever direction you're going. And at the, at the very least, maybe they you will hear an answer to one of them or maybe there'll be a question and you'll be like, oh my God, that is what I needed to hear today. So let's dive in. The first question is from Erica and she says, I need tips on keeping my blood sugar stable, really struggling with blood sugar spikes. Girl, I feel you. I friggin' feel you so much. So I'm going to assume that we're talking about, uh, actually, no, we are not going to assume anything. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say that we're talking about exercise because that's just, I think one of the times that I do struggle with high blood sugar. So, um, that's what I was going to immediately jump into, but no, we are going to just talk about tips for keeping your blood sugar stable and avoiding those spikes as a whole. I feel like this uh, could be a whole podcast episode on its own, but I'll try to answer it in uh, the short, I'll try to give you the shortest answer I can. So uh, first of all, I would, my number one thing would be, can you look at 
your overall blood glucose, like can you look at a few days and see if you can spot trends? If you have a CGM, then that's gonna help you so much to do that. But even if you're just tracking your blood sugars for a few days, like is there an area or a time of day that you are uh, consistently having higher blood glucose? Because first of all, that could even just be making a simple basal adjustment might be able to help that issue. Or if it's your food or your activity, is there times during uh, this time of day that you might, that you're noticing a pattern because maybe then just adjusting your, your overall dose during th that time, whether it's for your food, maybe do an extended bolus or for your activity, like what kind of activity are you doing? That could also maybe be increasing your blood glucose and just doing a increased dose during that time can help or even just the time of day. So for example, for me lately, like I have gone phenomenon up the yin, yin yang and it's not even like in the morning because I have a higher basal at that time on my pump. So I'm fine when I wake up, but as soon as I have my very first meal, even if I have a glass of or a cup of coffee, <laughs> I will friggin' spike so immediately. And so for this, I will sometimes do an extended bolus, or I will also increase my uh, my insulin to carb ratio a lot. Like I'll almost even just double it during this time, and then that helps the spike. So I think just if you can overall look and see. If you can spot patterns and look at the trends, it'll really help you in figuring out what you need to do to avoid that spike. Cameron says, what's your diet look like? Before I spill the beans, let me just let you guys know one thing. And that is even if you are trying to achieve the exact same goal as me in terms of our body and lifestyle, your diet will look much different. And just because I eat a certain way doesn't mean that you should eat that way. And it doesn't mean that even if you have the same goal and you weigh the same amount as me and your lifestyle is similar to mine. It doesn't mean that by if you were to eat the same way as me that you would achieve the same goal. So our diets are going to be very individualized from person to person, but I know that it's fun to just know what our what our peers are eating and how how we are maintaining our goals and living our life. So I just wanted to say that before I spill the beans and tell you exactly what I eat in a day. So currently I consume roughly 1800 calories per day and that is to maintain my weight. I am not trying to lose weight right now. And I, one thing I am super mindful of every single day is just the amount of protein that I am consuming because if I'm not consuming enough protein, I do find it uh, affects my, my overall recovery from training. And I just switched up my training volume recently. So it's really important that I am consuming adequate protein and for a little while, is a little bit low. So I was definitely feeling that in regards to my workouts. So that is one thing that I am uh, extra mindful of. And like I did mention, I am super insulin resistant in the mornings for breakfast, especially. So I try to limit my carb intake a little bit in the mornings. And generally I will have eggs and uh, low carb bread. I will normally have a snack of uh, Greek yogurt in the afternoon. And then for lunch, I normally eat like turkey or chicken and a salad, some sort of veggies. And then before I go to the gym, I normally go to the gym later in the afternoon around like five or six o'clock. And I will have another snack around that time. 
Sometimes it's some peanuts, uh, some low-carb bread, maybe a sandwich, maybe some more eggs, something like that. And then after the gym, I'll always have some sort of protein with a salad or more veggies. I try to still fill up on high-volume foods and a lot of uh, fiber-rich foods just because those foods keep my blood sugar a little bit more in range because fiber does have little to no effect on blood glucose. So I'm always trying to fill up on fiber rich foods and uh, again, being super mindful of my protein intake. And again, I'm also a little bit more mindful of my fat as well. So I will, I will try to, we'll have like salmon sometimes in the evenings, try to have avocados, peanuts, things like that. Oh, and I'm loving spaghetti squash right now, you guys. Like spaghetti squash, you bake it and then it's kind of, you make like a pasta with it. Like you just take it with a fork when it's out of the oven and then add uh, marinara sauce and some ground turkey or ground chicken. Mm, It's so good. And the total carb intake or the total amount of effective carbs is relatively low. So it's definitely good on blood sugars. I love Dave's Killer Bread and Ezekiel Bread. Those are my go-tos when I am eating bread just because they do have lower carbs. And uh, the other thing I'm trying to do, I try to limit a lot of processed foods in my diet. Not completely, but I do. I'm just trying to be more mindful of that. And then I'll always, always buy my meat and my eggs. I buy it all free range and organic because that is one thing I know. uh, Just the amount of hormones that are in our foods and stuff like that, I'm, I'm just trying to be extra aware and then also buying my dairy uh, organic is one thing that I always try to do as well. And if you're wondering how many carbs I consume on a daily basis, it really, really is a, I I don't keep full track. It's kind of ranges between like 150 grams to like 250, depending on my blood sugars. My main thing is just keeping my blood sugar stable and consuming, getting adequate protein. And uh, just since I am trying to maintain weight right now, I'm not trying to lose weight. I don't really, I don't really, I'm not too strict about it. But um, in general, if you are wondering for yourself how many carbs you should be eating, it's really such a personal thing. And there, again, when it comes to fat loss specifically, like it's not really about the amount of carbs you're consuming. It just comes down to the overall calories. So when it, since I'm trying to maintain weight too, it's It just really, uh, the amount of carbs I consume changes on a daily basis, depending on my blood sugars and how they are fluctuating that day. Next question is from Sandra. And Sandra says, how do you tone the bottom area of your belly? Really struggling with that area right now. Oh, girl, this question comes up a lot and you're not alone. Uh, Let me tell you. So for the longest time, I could not blast my lower belly fat. And it was so frustrating because I felt like I, I could tone my upper abs, but then it was always this one little area under my belly button that I just could not get rid of no matter how hard I tried. So here's what you want to do. It's not about focusing in on that one specific area. Believe me, I've tried and it doesn't work so well, but you want to focus more on your overall body composition and lowering your overall body fat percentage, because what it really comes down to is just having a lower body fat percentage and then just building lean muscle overall. So you'll do this not by doing a bunch of ab exercises, but by really focusing on a progressive strength training program and doing 
those compound lifts like squats and deadlifts, things that really work your whole body. And then just making sure that you're maintaining a daily calorie deficit because that is going to be key for losing body fat. And then just giving it time, girl, like putting in the work consistently and then being patient. And over time, that one area, you'll just notice like as a whole, your whole body will transform. And this question is from Sam. She says, do you believe low carb is best in regards to type one? All right, so I do and I don't. It largely depends on the individual and their lifestyle. So it's really hard to just give a one size fits all answer in, to this question because again, it, it depends on um, just your overall lifestyle and your activity level and what you do during the day, just all of those things. And I think that some people find that they have better blood sugar management with lower carb. And then other people find that they are able to control their blood sugars better and prevent lows eating a little bit higher carbs. So it, again, it just really depends on the individual and their lifestyle. Anna says, do you ever get frustrated when you work out and drop low so you feel like you work out just to eat the calories that you burn. Uh, yes, <laughs> I used to struggle with this so much. Oh my God, the frustration got real. Like I, when I first started working out and training regularly, this was one thing that I was faced with and I was would get so frustrated, Anna, like so beyond frustrated, you guys, you have no idea. It was just feeling like I was never able to get ahead. Like I was putting one foot forward in the direction that I wanted to go and then I would just get hit with a sack of bricks that would knock me back down because I would just end up eating all of these glucose tablets and just all of all of this food and I felt like my entire workout had went to a waste. So if you're feeling this way, anyone, you are not alone. One of the things I would suggest if you find yourself in a situation like this is to start tracking your food on an app like MyFitnessPal and just kind of be mindful of the amount of calories that you are consuming. If you have a goal in mind, if you're trying to lose weight or whatever it is, if you have a goal that you're working towards, if you know how many calories your body needs right now to achieve your goals. It's normally based on uh, your, your current body weight and activity level. But if you know how many calories your body requires, then I, and this is something that I teach inside of my fat loss course for type ones, but I would suggest, and I would challenge you to, instead of looking at your calories by the day, look at it as more in terms of a week so that will just give you a little bit more flexibility when you are managing your lows and constantly having to eat over your daily calories in order to treat low blood sugar. Victoria says, what do you eat after a workout and do you take insulin then or do you wait? So I normally try to time my workouts where I eat a full on meal afterwards. And so normally I will eat dinner after my workout, but sometimes if I work out earlier, it'll be lunch. So this, I try to do this because it, not only am I starving after a workout usually, but it just keeps my blood sugars more stable because I am just refueling my body afterwards and eating a substantial meal that is generally just more, um, just more substantial overall with the amount of protein, fats, and carbs that I am consuming. So that's what I generally try to do. And I will give myself insulin for that meal, but I will subtract the, the total fiber in that meal before I, 
calculate my insulin to carb ratio before I inject my bolus because again, fiber has little to no effect on blood glucose. So if I don't do that, then I will probably end up dropping. And often I will also have to cut my total dose back by 50% or sometimes 40% depending on the, the duration of my workout and the intensity. But that will also help me from dropping low, especially in the middle of the night when I am working out in the evenings. I hope you found these questions helpful today, and I hope that you were able to take something away from this episode and just know that I am so grateful for you and your questions are really just building up this community and helping just propel each other forward and living our best lives and becoming the best version of ourselves. So your questions are so welcomed and I'm so grateful for you. If you enjoy this podcast and this episode was helpful to you, please take a moment to leave a rating and review and to subscribe to this podcast because it'll ensure that you don't miss out every single week when we have a new episode launched.